We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Another episode of the KCSN Draft Show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. Really excited today. We're going to be talking about linebackers with my buddy. First, the East-West Shrine Bowl director, Eric Gauco. Eric, how we feeling, buddy? We're feeling good, man. Post-combine, we're uh, we're at the, the final stage of the draft process, man, so we're fired up. Matthew Lane, what's good? Oh, you know, uh, we're out here living as Chiefs fans, buddy. We got we got no left tackle, no right tackle. We don't know what's no defensive end. So it's just a, it's a good time to be talking about the NFL draft right now as a Chiefs fan. And naturally, we're going to talk about the position that they have a glaring need at linebacker. Uh, <laughs> it was not somewhere. We talked about maybe switching the tackle this week, but like there's plenty of process left here. Let's just kind of let it play out a little bit longer before we get to tackle. But we're going to talk about the linebacker position today and like. Look, I, I could see the Chiefs taking a linebacker at some point in this draft. They've got plenty of draft capital. Like, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that despite, you know, literally, I mean, Galco, they've spent, uh, you know, top 100 assets the last three drafts. I still could see them going and addressing the linebacker position at some point. It, it's going to be a position that's uh, one of the more talked about ones in free agency. A lot of guys got camp by cut. Uh, veterans, Eric Kendricks being one of them, right? But a lot of linebackers are in free agency. I think a lot of teams also need linebackers too, so... It's going to be a class where I think we're not going to, you know, maybe we'll see a first-round linebacker, depending on what you call a linebacker, uh, maybe just one, um, and then we'll see what happens on day two. So it's kind of a good year to not need a linebacker in the major, major way, but also, you know, still want to take one early in the draft too. So the Chiefs are in a good position here to get, like, a guy that I think would be the fifth or sixth best linebacker, maybe there on, you know, late day two, early day three to be a starter in the NFL pretty quickly. 
Real quick, I you said depending on who you classify as a yeah. linebacker, we're kind of talking about the off-ball guys today. We're not really talking about those those three, four guys. But was that a Nolan Smith comment or was that somebody else? Nolan Smith and like Will McDonald are the two guys I think come up as like, are they actually going to play linebackers? And I'm cool talking about them because I think I think Will McDonald's an awesome football player, and we can talk about that for sure too. Nolan Smith is I I don't I don't care. Like maybe he's a son Reddick as a linebacker edge rusher. Maybe he's a real linebacker. Like if you want to play that guy and like true off ball, like I'm cool with that too. But <laughs> Nolan's Nolan's pretty special, man. I think people. I hope that the combine, I, I wish every year the combine reminds me like, hey, you know what? When a guy's really freaking good, like, don't forget about him. Like, Darnell Washington, like, that guy's a freak. Let's not forget about him. Like, Nolan Smith, like, don't, like, forget about a guy like that. We forget about these, like, five-star freak athletes and the combine is like, oh, wait. Like, Anthony Richardson, I had to go off topic here, but, like, I saw that dude throw a 70-yard tight spiral at Manning Passing Academy and did a backflip before the ball landed. And I'm like, He's going to go top 10. Like, that was back in June. I'm not, like, at seriously, or whatever it's called, right? I'm not, like, breaking the future here, but, like, pretty confident that guy's going to do that. So, not that complicated to to find these elite athletes. Uh, Well, we – oh, go, Maddie. If you have something, you want to jump in there. No, I was just going to say, like, kind of on that point, yeah, there, there's guys that are just athletic enough, and then, you know, we don't get a chance to talk to them, but at least, like, with the what's nice about the combine, especially is because it's become such a big deal, you get enough clips of these guys in these press conferences, and sometimes you get a good look at who they kind of seem like as people. I'm sure it's different behind closed doors, but you can't listen to, like, the 15 minutes of Nolan Smith just, like, media interviews and not be like, okay, that's a guy that at least gets how to be not just, like, a football player, but, like, a professional, and he cares about the right things, but he knows what to take seriously, what to take lighthearted, like, he just seems like a guy that's going to get it on and off the field. So yeah, play him at linebacker, edge, safety. I don't, I don't think I care. He'll find a way to play. I think in the NFL, and not that a Will McDonald because we mentioned him, like wouldn't or anything like that. It's just I think there's just different levels to some of the freakiness of athletes and type of people you have. And some guys are just they're just good, just flat out good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk about this linebacker group. We don't have to talk about Nolan Smith. Uh, you know, we've kind of classified him still in the edge group anyway, but. There are plenty of linebackers we want to discuss. And Galco, you kind of talked about at the top, you know, we'll see if there's a, you know, if there's a first round linebacker and all that stuff. Do you think that there's going to be a first round linebacker in this draft? I don't. Um, I've, I've gone to the dark side and did like a mock draft post combine the other day. And I was like, just based off what I've heard and like where, and like where I heard teams are going to go in the draft. Like it's, you know, I think there's some teams right now that are like, being mocked a certain position they're going to go there and free agency I know that and they're going to change that right away too so I, I got a decent pulse and I think the lesson getting out of it is that there's quite a bit of teams that would love if there was a special linebacker in this draft to take a round one especially in the mid part of round one and in the back end like I think there are a lot of teams that would love if there was like the, the Eagles for example at both those spots would like love if there was like an impact awesome linebacker to just take and solve their issues but there's not and that's why I think there'll be a lot of movement in free agency and then I think a lot of teams will just, when they do, they solve those questions, they'll do that in day two of the draft. So to answer your question, no, I don't believe so. But I think there are a couple of guys that I think people should give more consideration to uh, because there's a, I think there's more top end talent at linebacker than people appreciate as of right now, especially when you get to like the 20s. Once those like first round picks and first round talents finish up about the early 20s, I think a linebacker, like a couple of guys maybe talk about, uh, will be worth a mid to late first round pick, if not an early day two one. Well, I'll give you the floor right now because I'm pretty sure we're talking about a same kind of bucket of guys. But who's yep. who's the best linebacker in this draft for you? Um, you know, one guy I think it's talked about not nearly enough is Jack Campbell. Um, I think Jack's a 
really athletic, toolsy, can play really all three linebacker spots based on if you run a 4-3 team, can play both inside spots. Athletic, rangy. He's a guy like, again, he's a, I call it a five-play evaluation. Like, he's a guy a year and a half ago that were watching Iowa film for somebody else, and I was like, oh, that, that linebacker, like, what's his number? Write him down. Like, that's going to be the next Luke Keekley, and probably because he's, you know, a white linebacker and kind of plays that throwback style. But, like, it just felt right away. Like, oh, that guy can, you know, drop into cover two. He can go on the perimeter. He can blitz a little bit. And I think he's kind of a plug-and-play starter. I think a couple of these guys are. Drew Sanders, Trent Simpson are kind of more, can do something really, really well. But I think Jack can do a lot of things at a high level, and, and he's the guy that if I'm a team, and maybe we'll see if that happens in the end, where, like, if I'm back in around one, I'm just like, you know what? Like, I'm getting a starter here and a guy I can trust that's healthy, that's athletic, that tested well. Maybe he's the guy, too. So he's he's probably my choice if I had to pick right now my top linebacker overall. And I think it's part of that's because scheme agnostic. Like, he's the guy that fits every single defense in the NFL. It's nice to see Campbell. I think if you watch him play, there's always, I think, the Iowa linebacker, the white Iowa linebacker. You're going to start questioning athleticism yeah. immediately. And then especially when you see him, he's I did. a big guy. He's small. He's yeah. you know, not necessarily long, but he's broad. It's like he's just a big guy that plays linebacker at Iowa. And there's a couple plays where you might see him get a little bit out leveraged by some elite athletes. You're like, oh, yep. he's not going to be athletic that athletic enough. Um, he's going to be another Josie Jewel, and we're going to chalk him up to a mid-late day two pick, and he'll be okay. But not only is he just really big, but he's a great athlete. He comes out of the combine, and you know, he's pretty much like 80th, 85th plus percentile across the board to everything besides his 40 time, which was still fine at a 4.65, and then you kind of transition that to how fast and how quickly he reads the field and how correctly is, maybe it doesn't matter that he didn't run a 4.4 if he's going to get a step or two started before somebody else might because he actually understands the game and sees what he's doing. So I'm with you. I think I flipped a little bit. He wasn't my top linebacker heading into the combine. Yeah. I don't want to make wholesale changes based on what I saw you know, in Indianapolis, but getting that confirmation, I think it just makes it, you feel a lot more comfortable with a guy that I know is going to step on the field on day one. He's going to know what he's doing. I can play him on all three downs. I can probably make him work across every single linebacker spot I have on my team if I need to. It's just there's such a safety net there, and I don't think the ceiling is low like you might put onto some other guys that you thought you know coming out of that school and that program that looked that looked the same as he did. So I, I'm with you. I get the Jack Campbell being. He would probably be the guy I would guess is the first linebacker off the board right now. The only the other guys, you know, we mentioned Trenton Simpson. I know Drew Sanders for a while had some people talking about him. So like I think yeah. that's the pretty clear Yeah, that's your top group of guys, right? And I, I'm not sure that Campbell's not the guy that I definitely has the highest floor. He his ceiling might not be that far behind the other two now, though. So you might as well take him first. And I, I, yeah. that's a very important distinction there, too, is like it's like of the three that we're talking about here, and that's Drew Sanders out of Arkansas, Trenton Simpson out of Clemson, and then Jack Campbell out of Iowa. I think Jack Campbell's I I think Jack Campbell's tape might be the best of any linebacker in the entire class. It's just that there was just wanting better confirmation on the athletic profile, some concerns about, you know, the projection with the athleticism was what it was for me because I think instinctually he's outstanding. Um, I think play diagnosis is really, really good. He made some plays on the football still in coverage and stuff like that. Like I think there was honestly, like seeing what he did athletically just yeah, I probably I might have overthought it just a little bit when I came to the projection because I do think the ceiling is a little bit higher in the floor. I think the floor is higher for him than than Trenton Simpson and Drew Sanders. Where I look at both of those guys and it's the pure physical traits, right? Like it's just like both of those guys, they're just unique physical traits that are so tantalizing. And the reason that you're looking at, you know, like I, there's a lot of there's there's more heat for those guys even now post combine. It feels like 
from some of the stuff that you consume that there's more heat still for those guys than the Jack Campbell. And Drew Sanders didn't even test. So, like, I don't know. Like, uh, those two guys, Drew Sanders and, and Trent Simpson, like, kind of, what do you think about those two, Galco? Yeah, I, I think Sanders, if I had a bet on it, I would say Sanders is the one that goes first. Um, just I think he's going to test pretty well as well. But I, I think he's, in my opinion at least, I think he's a guy that's perfect for a 3-4 scheme. And depending on what you want to do, he can play inside, he can play edge rusher. I think he's kind of this versatile 3-4 player that can do a lot. He can play a 3-3-5 and kind of make things happen in space too um, as he kind of gets outfield too. I, I just think his his ability as a rusher, Drew Sanders, kind of makes him the most plug-and-play, like, impact player. Like, is it a long-term starter? I probably still say Jack Campbell. But, like, Drew Sanders' flash wild plays, if he has you know, 80 tackles and seven sacks as a rookie, like, would I be shocked? No. So that's why I think Drew Sanders will be the first guy going to. And then Trent Simpson, just A-plus traits, right? I don't know what the athletic testing says to you. Watch that guy in film, and you're like, holy shit, this guy moves, you know, different than the other guys I'm looking at here for sure, too. But I think he's, you know, still some issues in coverage, I think, um, and, and can be a liability there down the field, too. So I, great athlete, still figuring out. But again, Trent Simpson could be the best guy from this draft as a linebacker, too. So we're talking about the same kind of guys here, but Simpson and Sanders have the traits. Sanders maybe the most high impact guy early on his career, but I still think Jack Campbell will be the guy that ten years later he still played football. Yeah, I I agree with that Jen Simpson is one that I I'm intrigued to see how that just kind of works to the NFL level because I do think well, Drew Sanders has the least amount of experience of these guys playing like a true off ball position coming you know transferring out of Alabama where he's playing on the edge, but I think you start to see him as the year went on. He's figuring it out. Like, he's a good football player. He knows how to play football. Maybe he's still figuring out, like, how exactly he's going to read out a run play. Where's his, what keys is he paying attention to on a specific play? Where is he trying to fit? But you start to see the pieces falling together, and it's just stuff that comes with more experience. Whereas with Simpson, you do have, at least I have a few more questions just about, okay, you've been doing this for a while now, and every time you're, not every time, like, the more you play in the box, I'm still not sure that you're progressing through at the same rate that I would like to see my inside linebacker. I think he's a little still reactionary for as much experience as he has. And not that that can't get better at the NFL, but we've seen a few linebackers throughout the years that are super athletes. They just take a while to get it or they get to the NFL and you just essentially have to use them in a very specific role to maximize their athleticism. That doesn't mean they won't be great players. I still maintain that Devin White isn't as good as some of the stats he can put up is because the Bucks did a great job of figuring out how to use a completely freak level of an athlete that's that size and can run around. So there's ways to use him no matter if he starts figuring it out or not. Just I would like to see more development, more progression and what he's seeing. Is he picking up on everything that I think that he should be? So I'm, in, I'm fascinated to see how his kind of uh, projection in the NFL goes over the first two, three seasons in the NFL. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. So, I... I got. I want to. I want to talk to you guys through a prospect here because you're talking about freak athletes and not overthinking some of these freak athletic profiles. I watched, and, and Owen Papo had a phenomenal <laughs> NFL combine. Yeah, but when I put the tape on, I see a guy that's gotten a lot of opportunities at Auburn to play a lot of football, and I just don't trust that he knows what's going on on the football field very often. And I'm not trying to just dunk on this kid. So tell me why I, as a, why I have a day three pick, a day three grade on Owen Papo, a pretty low day three grade on Owen Papo and why I'm wrong. Someone tell me why I'm wrong. Is it just the athletic profile or I just I all I see is at best a a, a special teams player. I just I, this is Dorian O'Daniel syndrome. Old, I mean, Dorian he's not he's, he's not as good of an athlete. Or, or he's a better athlete than Dorian O'Daniel. Sorry, but like I have this some of that kind of concern about him projecting the NFL. Can someone talk me off the ledge here? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I, by the way, I think your the range of outcomes for Owen Papo is not it, it includes what you just said as a player. Um, for sure, right? I think that's kind of like a really good athlete, and then you're kind of trying to find a spot for him as a fourth linebacker, maybe third linebacker situationally, for sure. Um, I would say I'm biased. I've talked to Owen. Um, he's a smart dude, like put together, like really like understands ball, understands how things fit together, right? I was surprised he didn't play in the Bowl or any All-Star game. Um, it would have helped him a lot. I think his kind of special trait along with athleticism is I think the coverage, especially in zone coverage and kind of understanding how, where things are and kind of playing in like that type of space. And I think he can do that as a nickel linebacker, flip his hips, change direction, kind of open up really naturally pretty quickly. And I think he can fit within a defense doing, you know, even as a, again, as a rookie, like four, two, five linebacker, like playing more in space on third down, like subbing in guys, you want to do a three, three, five, if you're a three, four team and kind of have a guy can play some coverage, but still, kind of rush the outside the hash marks and, and stop screens and stop bubbles and stuff like that. So I think he's got that immediate role in the NFL, that coverage, playing outside the tackle box, like making plays in space because he's so damn athletic and has a good sense of like where to move in coverage and, and in space as well. But you, you're right in that like there's some missteps, there's some mistakes in the box. I don't know if I trust him to mar the NFL to be an in-the-box linebacker. I think that athleticism kind of allows him to make some cruel plays, but also – kind of lead to some bad habits, some overruns, some kind of mistakes where I think, I think at least, and again, something that diagnosed with Owen in one of these combine rooms is like, hey, are you trying to make an awesome play and you're really athletic and you get to a spot that you shouldn't be at? Or are you misreading this? I don't know sometimes what's going on with Owen there, 
Um, and um, I'll take that. It's probably just him being too athletic. I want to make a freaky play he did in high school. And he can't just like be an athlete and make a play. He's got to like kind of sometimes read a key here. So I think the answer is great athlete can cover and has a lot of tools to get better. And he's added some good weight and kind of looks the NFL body type now. But I definitely worry that he's not going to make that nice to be an NFL starter like you kind of worry about, Kit. Hmm. Well, I think that's a tricky thing with guys of the, just this general profile is a lot of it's going to be what team they end up going to or where that's going to go. Because there's going to be some teams in the NFL that are okay if a guy is playing fast and occasionally going to be out of out of position or he's going to overrun something. He's going to be a little too aggressive and try to make these you know elite level plays because of his athleticism. And there's going to be other teams that aren't okay with that. There's going to be other teams that would rather you very much stick to your job and do what you're supposed to do. And teams like that might not be as, you know, quite as interested in Owen Papo, at least as early. And there just might be some teams that aren't quite ready to take on, I don't want to say the project, but the developmental curve or to get him to play their style of linebacker. And so the size and then having to deal with, you know, there are times where I I agree with Eric that I do think he's, overrunning not overrunning some plays but beating spots that he should because he's so athletic he's kind of getting out of position because he's able to and he's trying to do that on purpose there's going to be some teams that just simply won't like that and I think that gets really hard to look at someone's draft range how that's going to end up without knowing which team is going to be coaching them at that point in time well and like I, I feel pretty confident Owen. sorry well, I feel really confident about Owen being in the NFL for five plus years but what his role is going to be is I think a question that NFL team is going to get really comfortable with to draft in the top three rounds like his talent deserves. Yeah, so what do you guess, guesstimate the round for Owen Papo? He'd be a guy that'd be really hard if I was a GM to not draft. He's there in the third round, like really hard. But I don't think he goes in the third. I think he goes fourth, fifth. Interesting. I think teams will pass. So. We've we got a lot of you know I think we, as we're kind of talking here there's there's some day two linebackers there's plenty of day two linebackers because yeah. we don't we're not sure if there's going to be a first round day one linebacker or not so just kind of curious about some of the guys that you might like on day two let's go with a, a guy that you really like as a coverage back, backer in day two Galco um you know I I wouldn't necessarily call him like his core strength as a coverage backer but I do love Dayon Henley. Um, I think he's a guy that covers well. I love his background, right? Quarterback turn, you know, a couple positions he played in college well, too. Again, another guy I've talked to quite a bit, like super smart, awesome, hungry to learn. Can be physical. I think he's got to get a little better, like in the middle of the box and like not, you know, play with heavier hands and one of the run game a bit more, too. And he's still kind of added. He had a lot of weight the last nine months. And I think he's still kind of figure out how to do that. But reliable tackle, he could play in coverage and. I think he's just so damn athletic. I trust that guy for the future, too. So, again, I'm not sure if I answer your question directly. He's the best coverage guy available. I don't know. But he's a guy that is, is pretty good talent. Let Maddie gush. I think we're probably on the same boat. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like him in coverage. I think, you know, he, with the quarterback background, he played a little bit of like, yeah. was it wide receiver at Nevada. So, like, yep. I think there's a general understanding of, like, just space on the field. He understands where route concepts and are trying to go to, where they're trying to attack him. And it just, it seems like he gets, okay, we're in this specific coverage. I'm in this role. This is where the, you know, a route that's going to attack. We should be coming from and where it is. is I feel like he has a really good feel for little stuff like that. And obviously don't want to make, you know, start comparisons like this, but it's just like, I see him and I know he's a little undersized. There's still some work to do in the box, but you start with like, okay, is he going to be a Matt Milano type of linebacker with, if he can continue to develop and get everything down? He's still newer to the linebacker position. But like that little bit undersized, good athlete guy that just seems to understand the space on the field and how it offenses are trying to manipulate it. So yeah, I, I think it's a great choice. I I love Dan Henley. I'm not huge on the Chiefs 
drafting a linebacker in round two again for like the eighth year in a row. But if there was one guy that I feel pretty good about doing it, it would be him just because I I think if they don't bring Willie Gay back in the future, or, or even if they keep him for a while, I do think Henley brings something that the rest of the Chiefs linebackers don't have a great feel for. And that's just, he. I feel like he understands how to cover and where he's supposed to be. So I, I he's the guy I would agree with there as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there too. And I mean, I do agree like, this might even be revamped. Like, I think the closer he gets to the ball, the more inconsistent he gets a little bit. You know, like, I think operating from the box is a little bit still foreign to him and understanding what he's keying on and all that kind of stuff. But there's so many fun plays, you know, from from an overhang, too, that are just so intriguing. And he's so comfortable and confident in space. He's comfortable dropping in coverage, all that stuff. I really, really like him. Um, I'm glad you brought him up. Kind of just feels like this is a weird group of outliers. There's a lot of linebackers under six feet. There's a lot of linebackers that are kind of under 230 pounds. So you're looking at some guys that are a little bit on the lighter side or the shorter side here. Um, what like, and I just talking through a couple of these, you know, like DeMarvion Overshun's under 230. Ivan Pace is under six feet. Aubrey Miller is under six feet. Some of these guys are kind of, kind of outliers. Like, how do you deal with those projections with those guys, Galco? Like, just I mean, I know they're all different, but just I mean, yeah. What, what what's the outlook for guys like that? Well, I think I I think it goes back to your own pop out point. I think this is a draft. You know, in terms of where these guys get picked, it's the same kind of draft theory where like, hey, can you be a starter for us? If you cannot be a starter for us, and and by starter I mean sixty five percent of snaps, right? If you can't play those snaps, then I can't draft in the top three rounds. I just can't can't do it. And that's where I think the teams kind of come back. It's like, hey, it's really like Owen Papa was a good example. Like, I think he could start. It'd be hard for me to think like if he can't start, it's going to be one of the best backups. But that's still a backup, and you want to find two to three. You want to find two starters in the top hundred pick because whatever he wants to do, right? You don't need to hit all three. Just have two of those guys, and you're, you know, Goody's hit that the Packers for the last five years, and like the defense load the first, second round pick starting everywhere, right? So I think if you just hit those first two, that's why I don't want to take a backup in the top of three rounds. And I think for overshown i don't think he'll last till round four because he is pretty talented in space but like that's a concern you'd have as well same thing for ivan pace is like hey if he's not starting for you and he's not a guy that could be that outlier who's starting what is like i I think he's special teams demon i think but you don't want to bet on that it's a hard bet to make because only there's only you know eight guys who are really like unbelievable special teams player in the whole nfl and the rest of those guys are just just guys so that's where it gets hard to kind of bet on those outliers sometimes because you if a guy can't start for you, and I think Ivan Pace could, I think Overshown could, I think a guy like Charlie Thomas of Georgia Tech, and they're like undersized guy that was really well tested really well at the, at the combine, former Shrine Bowl guy. But I think teams are like, hey, can that guy start for us? And some teams have said good enough in coverage, athletic, he's adding weight, he's up to 220 now in training. Like that's enough for us. So I think it's a question of like, hey, if he's not a starter, those guys really start at the fourth round and you work your way down from there. And so this whole draft, I mean, not even just the linebacker position, but I think the whole draft is kind of an outlierish draft. Like you look at some of the top guys in a lot of positions, it's just a lot of guys that don't fit the norms of the NFL. So we're sitting here looking at the linebacker position and some people are going to have different opinions on how important or vital that, that grouping is. But I think you kind of nailed it. There's if the is the guy, you know, three down starter, is he going to be able to start in a specific role or is he going to have a rotational role for your team? Like, what are they going to do? And so that's when I start looking through the first, you know, five, six guys we talked about here, I think you would anticipate being able to get on the field for all three downs. After that, just what role are some of these guys going to partake in? Can you find a specific rationale or a specific reason to use them in an area? So like somebody like uh, Dorian Williams uh, out of Tulane, 
I like the uh, the length. The good, good space player. He's got just under 35 inch arms. So I think it's like the 90th percentile. And I don't. That's not a huge deal for linebackers. But then I watch the Colts play, and every single player on that team that plays in space has these vines for arms, and it just seems to matter when you're gonna have everybody playing a lot of zone coverage with these long arms and just being able to get in the way. So just it's gonna be so many team specific fits, and these guys that are gonna fill. I think specific roles once you get out of the top 50, top 75 picks, it's going to be a lot of guys drafted for a specific team in a specific like spot. And I don't think that you can overreact as you're starting to look back on the show. Like, oh, this team liked DeMario and Overshawn way more than I would have liked them. But you have to go look at how they were playing him, I think, because not a lot of these guys are kind of a one size fits all to every single NFL team anymore. Yeah. And I think there, there's, I think there's two guys that we haven't talked about yet that are starters tomorrow in the nfl and those these are guys that again just based off this logic like they're not getting out of the top four rounds may go top 100 that's henry toyo toy of alabama and then isaiah moore of nc state those are two guys that like hey these are studs mm-hmm. these are smart players instinctive isaiah moore is you know talking to teams he's like arguably the most plug and play run defending linebacker in the whole draft like i'm not exactly like that's what people think agree. Sure. i i agree also, like, yeah cover i thought he was you know, to me, even surprisingly impressive in coverage at the Shrine Bowl and one-on-ones. And I think he used that kind of instinct to kind of know where to adjust on guys. Again, not that he's not a Jack Campbell-type athlete, but he's a good enough athlete to play in space and work in coverage. But, like, those are two guys, and I think especially for my guys, Am Moore, who's getting enough buzz and kind of that top tier of linebackers. Like, again, people would say from the outside, like, Owen Popauer, Isaiah Moore, and you'd be like, well, it's got to be Owen. He's a better athlete. Well, like, no, Owen's athletic, and I like going a lot. Again, I'm not trying to slight Owen here. I talked to Owen when I... It's not going a lot too, but like Isaiah Moore, like he starts me tomorrow. Owen yeah. might be an unbelievable athlete and make some freaky plays. Isaiah starts me tomorrow. That's where like the, I think a lot of teams miss on linebackers in sixth, seventh. That's how guys like Matt Milano go so later on drafted, but they're starters. And I think that's what Isaiah Moore really is. So he's the one guy that jumps out to me. I think guys like Anthony Orgy are close. Jerry Banks is close, good athlete, can be a good run defender working coverage a little bit too. But I think more so Isaiah Moore is the one guy that jumps out that we haven't talked about yet that could be that starter over a lot of guys we have talked. I was about to go there. He's the right. highest. He was, no, it's fine. He's the highest rated linebacker I had from the Shrine Bowl. That was my yeah. that was my top rated Shrine Bowl linebacker. Funnily enough, my comp for him is Nick Bolton. So yes. I really good run. To, like I mean, it's yeah. so like when we do when we do and when we do our player comps, like it's not necessarily like this is his career arc necessarily. It's stylistically these are the types of players that you're gonna see because like that like. I think stylistically, the way Isaiah Moore plays is very similar tied to Nick Bolton. There was a lot of strengths getting downhill, ident- you know, play identification, triggering quick against the run. Really, really, really good between the tackles. Things get a little bit, a little bit hairier for him when he's outside the tackles, a little bit in space. There's some coverage restrictions, but you like the instincts. Um, you like the you know football character, the toughness that he plays with. Um, he's a guy that you can drop into the middle of your defense, similar to what the Chiefs have done with Nick Bolton. Stylistically, I think Isaiah Moore and Nick Bolton share a lot of similarities. And I mean, Isaiah Moore is the high, like again, he's the highest rated linebacker I had. Yeah, that that's saying a lot in the sense that um, teams felt our linebacker group was was made one of the best position groups and uh, and as good, if not better, than any other All Star games position group. Put that way, right? I think there was a strong group overall that we had, and I think Isaiah is a guy, you know. He's a guy that, similar to the five plays on film watching, like Isaiah, you talked that dude for five minutes, and I was like, all right, we got a guy here. Like, this is a guy, starter, go, 10-year NFL player. So I think you're dead on there, too. I think it's also a pretty good comp to Nick Bolton. Also, like, smart move to comp guys to the Chiefs because they don't comp to a player in the Chiefs, then you probably don't want to draft them. So same kind of logic. <laughs>
By the way, we uh, those player comps are in the KCSN draft guide. Uh, oh. There's a link to purchase uh, and pre-order that. It releases April 5th. It's in the description of this show. So you can read all of the comps that we put on all these players. Uh, and all transition. You know, okay. I, I've, been professional. I've been doing it for a few years now. You are listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Galco, there is a ton of linebackers uh, to yeah. discuss. I think, like from just from the Shrine Bowl, who do you think helped themselves the most this weekend at the at the NFL Combine? Um, overall, the position linebacker, yeah, just the linebackers, yeah. You know, I probably say I'm going to pick a Shrine Bowl guy. Sorry to be selfish. No, that's uh, what I'm, I, that's what I meant. Shrine Bowl, yeah, yeah, it's a shrine yeah no. I think Anthony Orgy because mm-hmm. I think he was more athletic than I thought than a lot of people thought too, and I think he's he is a two down linebacker for a lot of teams and I think being as athletic as he was again that kind of says like all right if you're a two down linebacker can't take in the top three rounds and I'm not saying Orgy's gonna go in the top three rounds now but like it opens the door to be that early day three pick that guy that teams like you know what he might be a third fourth round guy that can start for us in the NFL early on too so I thought he was one of the biggest winners and then you see Abdullah um who was you know I get a chance to see Abdullah in season twice and you just go up to him for a second, and you're like, who the hell is that dude? Like, just jacked up her body, former safety, turned linebacker, played edge rusher. I think a lot of teams liked him at linebacker. I know one team that still has, you know, a mid-round grade on him as an edge rusher because they don't care about size as much out there. So I think he's another guy, high character, smart workout warrior. Him having a great combat was not surprising, but I think him having that workout compared to other linebackers who did tests kind of showed, okay, this guy is, I think, a little bit different in terms of math with everybody else too. So orgy because... He showed the ability to be maybe a little more than a two-down linebacker only. But I think Yasir Abdul being one of the best linebacker testers overall, I think showed what kind of uh, upside he really has. Another guy from the Shrine that I thought had a pretty good combine was Shaka Hayward uh, out of Duke. Yeah. And just because he, he's a big guy, again, I know he only weighed in it only at 235 pounds. I was kind of surprised by that, too. Because he, he was heavier at the scene, at the Shrine Bowl, wasn't he? He's trying to slide down a little bit, yeah, be more. Yeah, because he, was, I just remember seeing him down there, and yeah. he was he looked huge compared to everybody else. Like he still looked big, especially in this linebacker class too. He's still very big, but then he came out and ran up four three five, like he was moving. So it's a 90th percentile forty time. That doesn't mean everything, but here's a guy that I do think profiles very safely right away as a downhill kind of thumping strong side linebacker. He's got the size, he's got the length. 
Now you're seeing this. He can carry some explosion. Has did you, did you to come four down five three? By the way, meant four two five. Okay, let it go. Let it go. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, uh, four two five. Come on, Kent. Four five three. But yeah, see, he's a guy that can get down. Four five. He's got a little bit. He's got a little bit more range than I think. I just I would thought watching him, you know, a few times this year, being a kind of local guy. So I like seeing that from him because I already like the tape. I already like when I can see a guy and exactly how I'm going to plug him in right away. When we're talking linebackers, like that's a bonus. Like that already right there gives you a very safe floor talking about how all these guys are going to get used. And then now all of a sudden you see there's a little bit more of an athletic ceiling than you thought. Or even if there's not, he can run. He can run fast. And the 10 split's good. There's decent jumps in there. It's like there's explosions. So just all of a sudden you now have a dynamic downhill linebacker. And I think that's good to see. He's got length. He's got size. So yeah, he's another guy that I thought came... Came over from the Shrine Bowl and had a really good com- uh, good combine, but at starting you're starting to see a lot of these guys' names are kind of creeping up these linebacker ranks. I think as we get closer and closer to the draft, I one one I want to go back to Anthony Orgy really quick, yeah, because it feels like as a coverage player just starting in Vegas, I think he I mean he had a, I think he had a good week in coverage at the Shrine Bowl too. And then you take that into consideration, but you also take into consideration like he was a special teams player through his entire career there. Like those, like I feel like he's just checking a lot of boxes. Like I know yeah. what you're saying from a starter's perspective, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, the body of work and what he's shown willing to do and what he's shown able to do there. Like, I mean, yeah, he's getting drafted. He's getting drafted for sure, and he'll be out of yeah. roster next year for sure. And that's what I mean that the that the testing being in. You know, four five three, we're we're so numb. Like four five is, is bad now. It's bad. Oh, you did terrible job. Super fast for a linebacker who's two thirty plus. But I think to your point, like athleticism, coverage, he's kind of opening up his his range of outcomes. What he could be in the NFL by those two things for sure. I say, Orgy had a pick in. I think yep. he had at least one pick in the in the Shrine Bowl practices, if I remember yep. correctly. Yep. Everybody called in Jalen Graham because they both wore the same number and had the same color helmet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Graham at one point was like. I, I don't know why everybody keeps <laughs> congratulating me on the interception. I didn't have one. <laughs> the other two tribal guys that didn't go to the combine that I think will have, if they were at the combine, would have close to Owen Papau's workout, and they have pro days coming up. One is uh, Mo Diabati of Utah. Um, yeah. got Micah Parsons-level uh, like highlights. I posted a couple times on Twitter now too, but my director of college scouting, Shane Coughlin, has a clip and it's like, that looks like college Micah Parsons. Um, so he's going to test, again, like low 4-4s, four like low, low 4-4s. Four I believe it. Same testing around the board. And then a guy you may not expect to have similar numbers, and I've I've seen it and I verified it from his trainer because I was like, you got to be in line to me right now. Ben Van Sumer in Michigan State. Like, his numbers are hilarious. Like, again, He's at a spot now where like his goals are would be at the best of any linebacker at the combine. So those are two guys that were not common invites that I think will have really impressive pro days. And like if you haven't watched some of them yet, like I know you guys are at the Shrine Bowl, but like get a second eyes on them too. Cause I think both those guys are getting picked. I think both those guys would have been risers, all combine team guys at the combine this year. So I actually put a round four on Mo Diabate. Yeah, I like him. I think he's Sorry, just more correct. He's yeah. just an interesting, I mean, interesting athletic profile. And yeah, like the splash plays are, yep, <laughs> they're there for sure. So yeah, I have I have a round four on the Diabate actually. So I'm, yep, I'm pretty interested. You know, about my guy Van Sumer. I'm telling you, wait till the pro day workouts. Like I'll probably post him on Twitter first because I'll get him from a scout there. But like, <laughs> I'm expecting something pretty crazy based off him. He's he's a super humble kid. And like the numbers he sold me, I was like, he's like, yeah, I might, 
I run a four three nine. We'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be low four fours in like year. We'll see. But I'll, I'll be able to see it too. But again, it could be two guys that'll be freaky testers in the pro day circuit, which is still really important for NFL scouts and GMs. One one more for you, real quick. Uh, Jaden Woodby. What's the outlook for him? Um, another kind of undersized guy there too. So what do you think? Yeah, he played safety in college, and he was kind of a safety in the box linebacker. And I, I thought, and one of the reasons we invited him and kind of trusted our eval is because I watched um, all of his snaps in season that were basically in the box safety. And I think his ability to kind of play close to or at line of scrimmage coverage on a tight end, um, work in the box, still a work in progress, but he kind of shed a little bit. He has the instincts too. So I think he's got a continual NFL teams that he can cover has the twitch to work in the run game and in short area coverage um, at linebacker. So I think he's still going to be a, a guy that's work in progress a little bit there for NFL teams, but outstanding athlete, special teams ace, team captain, transferred, was a team captain at both Florida State and then came to BC, team captain again there for two years. So like a guy like Orgy, like he's going to get picked. I know that. I think I've had NFL teams to say, hey, is this guy going to be a linebacker or not too? But he'll have an important workout as well too because teams are expecting him a little bit to be an above average tester, which... It's unfortunate because that only has to be that and a little bit more too. But I think he's a guy that teams will be watching closely at the BC Pro Day, along with a guy named Zay Flowers. Then if Wood Bay is that he'll have 32 GMs at his Pro Day watching Zay Flowers. Well, I've never chance to impress. So, Right. One more guy I just want to talk about before we go down here. Different kind of linebacker, uh, Noah Sewell. So, you know, it's kind of a guy that yeah. I think over the past couple of years has taken, I don't want to say like a fall. You never know where someone actually is, but... Panay Sewell's brother coming into Oregon and his freshman year, he's got a lot of flash plays. He's this really big linebacker that shows really good speed and so, you know, flashes of athleticism as a freshman. He gets everybody excited. And then over the next two years, it's just kind of, I don't want to say disappointing, but you start to maybe poke holes. You get more time with these guys. You start to be able to poke holes in their game. And now we get to this point to where it sounds like he's a complete afterthought and this linebacker group. And is this a situation where we've poked too many holes in this prospect because we've seen him too long and had such high expectations to start? Or do we think there are going to be a few limitations or hurdles that he's going to have kind of transitioning up to the next level and teams are going to struggle to find exactly how they want to get him on the field for as many snaps as that would make sense? Yeah, I think he's got to overthink it too much. I think he's he's not the, the top 10 pick we thought he would be when he was a freshman, right? This guy's going to be the next... I almost said Aaron Curry, but that didn't work out for Aaron Curry. But next, you know, next top 10 worthy linebacker. Um, I think he, he's he's a bigger linebacker. The arm length is is okay, not great. So he's not a guy that's going to be, you know, out in the boundary at an elite level. I think, you know, 10 years when that guy goes in the top 10 still, but I think he's just not as good in space on the perimeter as you'd kind of like to be. But smart guy, you know, running back and linebacker in high school, like gets kind of the instincts on both sides of the ball, team captain, you know, has the football IQ to direct in traffic, to adjust and, and read counter plays at a high level too, can be really physical, can be a dominant tackler in the box too. He still has ability to be a crosser level coverage guy, right? Can stop slants, can play in the coverage, short area stuff. And I think downfield is okay too. But I think to your point, you know, we I I think personally we when I say a starter level guy, it's like he's not going to be a liability at any spot. I don't think Noah Sewell is going to be a liability in coverage. You don't have to be special everything to be a guy that's a top 100 pick or even a day two pick or day one pick, right? Like, just be pretty good at everything and then be special. It'll be one thing that makes you different. I think Noah Sewell is going to be a top 100 pick, and I couldn't even see him going mid to late second round because he's just smart, physical, powerful, good enough athlete to work in space. Again, not the freak guy that may be expected, but again, I'd be surprised if he's that starting linebacker in the NFL, if not by week one, by week eight or nine of next year. I told Maddie. 
when I watched him, I said, if this was 2003, he's probably a top 10 pick. Like, no yeah. joke. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's that's exact. So much about his game is throwback. But the funny thing is that he actually had a, I think he did pretty well for himself um, at the combine testing, too. He did. So that is a big, that's a big boost for him. I think, um, I think that'll help confirm a little bit more with some. Where do the Patriots pick? They'll, they'll, they'll take this though. <laughs> you know, he, he, he's awesome as a freshman. And unless I'm just going crazy off the field, like guys don't get worse. They just don't. So yeah. like, Hey, when we, again, we saw like, don't I mentioned the top, right? Don't watch Andrew Rich. Like these guys are freaks. We knew it as soon as you see him or they're five-star guys. Like they haven't changed. I think Noah school is the same kind of guy. So again, that. If he's the first linebacker drafted, would I be floored, shocked? No, I'd be surprised. I wouldn't bet on it, but I wouldn't be shocked either. I, I thought I think he's just complete. I think I want to talk about it complete special, three-year starter, physical. You know, don't you, you're not going to screw up if I take him. You're not going to make a huge mistake by taking Knowles at any point. Maybe he won't be the most high upside guy. I'd rather three or four other guys besides him. But yeah, he, he's going to be an NFL starter early on as well. It's an interesting linebacker class. We can't wait to see who goes and where they go and when they go. It's going to be a lot of fun late in April. But that was the linebacker preview here on the KCSN Draft Show. Thanks, y'all, so much, and we'll catch you later.